Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Oh, welcome along to In Conversation. Scotty Stevenson with you here. And uh, before the short ball returns to Rugby Pass, we thought we'd take our time over the summer break to chat to a few of the people who make up New Zealand's national game. Today we're joined by player agent and former All Black Craig Posty Innes and a very good afternoon to you Posty. How's things mate? Yes Scotty, I'm good mate. I've uh, had a couple of nice uh, weeks on the beach and um, getting a bit of a tan but she's back in action now. Posty, I want to take you back during this conversation to your days as a player, both in union and, and regularly. But um, you know, let's start with where you find yourself today. Just describe for us your business and your role within it. Yeah, so I guess um, coming out of my own career, um, you know, rugby rugby union hadn't been professional for very long. Um, I think '96 was the first year. And, you know, I played a few years as a professional playing rugby league, so I guess I got to see a, a good, you know, have, have a good good look at uh, how how all the, the moving parts actually work, and 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 of course agents, and and uh, you know, I guess with with a, a group of my friends playing, kind of seeing how the different agents worked, and you know, there were good ones and bad ones, and and then I guess coming back into into rugby union. And just wondering, you know, what I what I wanted to do with, uh, you know, with a career after rugby, you know, it was something that I just kind of gravitated towards. And uh, you know, it wasn't long after I'd finished, I, I hooked up with uh, Bruce Sharrick, who's who's still my business partner today, and we started a, a business pretty much based on, you know, when we sat down and and uh, and worked it out, pretty much what we thought were the necessities uh, for a player as far as. Uh, management and and really, uh, I guess the the whole philosophy was about just getting getting the right people and surrounding yourself. You know, mm-hmm. uh, so you you can get on, you can play the game um, without having to worry what's going on off the field with your contracts. Um, you know, advice, uh, getting the right people involved to give advice as far as you know what you're doing financially uh, with that money that you're earning. And you know all, all all the things that kind of go into it. So so that was the basis of it, and and, and we started off just two of us. Um, I, I guess over time it all evolves, and you know your, your good experience, bad experience. 
yeah, we, we kind of found that we, we thought we had things going pretty well here in New Zealand, but, but you know, for play, sending players offshore, you know, it's vital that you have the right people involved, you know, to meet the meet the guys on the other side. So, you know, it took a while for us to, to kind of find those people, and, and what we were able to do was create a bigger business with them, which is kind of growing into the whole Espoir Chief uh, thing that we've got going now, which basically, I guess, you know, we, we run it as a... Um, you know, we have a we have a, a chairman that sits at the top, a board of uh, of, of six guys, you know, made up from the different countries that uh, that are represented. And um, yeah, mate, we uh, I, I guess you know we, we we've created this really to to, to make sure that um, across the globe, when we're sending our people away, mm-hmm. you know, their players and their families, they're getting looked after properly, and you know, they got the same kind of values. Same same kind of ideas on on how things should be working, no matter where they are. So that's kind of been the basis of it. And, uh, so far, it's um, mm-hmm. gone pretty well. Yeah, I want to I want to come back and discuss that that entire market a little bit later in our chat today, uh, Posty. But I want to take you back, mate. Um, not too far back, but back to the fourteenth of October, nineteen eighty nine, in Cardiff and your very first game for the All Blacks. Do you still look back? at that time of your life and marvel at that experience of becoming an All Black and playing with the calibre of players you did? Yes, I mean, yeah, certainly. It's, uh, I mean, I was just one of those kids that, that grew up playing rugby pretty much every every night with my brothers and my, and my mates you know, on, on the road, on the back lawn. You know, one team was always South Africa, one team was always the All Blacks or, or Wales or, mm. you know, so the big scrap was, to begin with was, you know, who who would be the All Blacks. And, and so, I mean, it was always going to be, um, it was always a dream to play play for the All Blacks and then to be able to, I guess, um, hit my first start running out on the Carter Farms, which, mm. you know, um, I, I, I guess it's still got the same kind of mythical kind of, uh, y- y- you know, um, Value kind of around that whole, you know, these big sports grounds around the world. But but for me, uh, certainly Carter Farms was one that, you know, you, you you got up at three o'clock in the morning, waking up by your by your parents to, to watch the All Blacks playing Carter, yeah. and then, you know, and then the, then then the Welsh team, you know, a couple of weeks later, and and so it was something that was very special, and and and, and to be able to play my first test there was mm. was just magic, and um, you know something I'll never forget. That's for sure. I want to I want to take you through the All Blacks lineup that day for your first test, which was only a couple of weeks later at the same ground. Steve McDowell, Sean Fitzpatrick, Richard Lowe, Murray Pearce, Gary Witten, Andy Earl, Mike Brewer, Buck Shelford, Graham Bishop, Grant Fox, Terry Wright, Johnny Schuster, Joe Stanley, John Gallagher, and yourself. That is a lineup, Posty. Wow! Yeah, right. yeah. It was a, look. It was a, just a fantastic that, that year was was it was an amazing team to be part of. You know, really, really, you know, experienced, strong leadership. Um, you know, Buck Buck Shelford as your captain, Grizz Wiley as the um, as the as the you know um, coach, and 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 a, and a great bunch of um, guys that have been around a long time. And then you know you, the likes of your buying your Tuigabalas and your John Tillys yeah. and Matt Ridges. All guys that you know, we would come through the grades together from pretty much under 16s. You know, Walter, Walter and I played roller mills together. So yeah. to to to, um, to go on that tour, um, you know, as a as a group of young guys surrounded by that type of experience was was an amazing you know few weeks. And and the rugby was great. You know, um, 
yeah, the forward pack, they were just kind of, you know, these rolling walls going, buddy, you know, 50 metres and, and, and a back line that could finish it off. It was, yeah. Uh, it was yeah, it was great. Really enjoyable. Really enjoyable. 20 years old on test debut as well, and you scored two tries in that game, playing on the wing. Yeah, mate. Yeah. Um, yeah, and uh, yeah, again, you know, just really something really special. Uh, I, I guess... Um, you know, to, to actually be out there is one thing. To to to, to score a couple of tries was mm-hmm. uh, was fantastic. And uh, yeah, my, my dad had a story. Mum, mum and dad sat in the stands, and uh, mum actually didn't see it. the first try was came along pretty pretty quickly. And mm. mum didn't see it. She she still uh, she still had tears in her eyes after watching the uh, the national anthem. So uh, so uh, yeah, so it was great just having them in the stand as well for 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 the uh, for the occasion. And um, yeah. Just, just fantastic. So one thing, mate. I mean, yeah, there's a lot of games. Um, you know, and it's quite a few years have passed, of course, and mm. you know, a lot of them kind of fade into um, into the distance. But, but certainly, that day in particular will uh, will always be with us. You know. Yeah, I know you had a lot of experience with so many of of that team. The backbone of that team was Auckland based Craig, and and you'd come through the Ponsonby system as so many of the All Blacks of that era had. So I guess it wasn't a strange feeling for you to play alongside these guys, even though it was um, a guaranteed another step up. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, again, lucky I guess to have come into an, uh, an Auckland team, which, uh, which you know, I mean, it was just just chocker full of All Blacks and experience, and um, and so you know, the, the good thing about those tops teams, you just worry about what you're doing. You don't have to worry about anything else, and. You know, um, off the field, they 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 made you um, they made you confident in your in your ability, and you know, you just you, you kind of had this feeling. Well, if I'm if I'm here, I must I'm, you know I must I must go okay because I'm I'm surrounded by some pretty good footballers. So uh, so you know, it was just um, I was just very lucky, I guess. And you know, to play in that Auckland team at that time, it was so dominant New Zealand rugby, and um, it was just just all really good learning and, and kind of fast tracked me, I guess. Yeah. The the rugby career, I think, and, and most of the guys of your generation would attest to this, and, and in all my conversations with them, it's been the same. It, it feels like a lifetime when you're in it, but when you look back, when you have some distance, uh, I guess it feels like the blink of an eye. Did did you feel that throughout your playing career, whether it be at super level, provincial level, or all-black level, posted, that, that you tried to enjoy it, make the most of it while you had the opportunity? Yeah, I mean, I, I guess when you you know when you're younger, it's uh, you know it's like mate, I mean, you're bulletproof and, and mm. it's going to go on forever and ever. That's that's and that's one thing we find uh, you know we're dealing with with these young guys uh, that we deal with today. It's uh, you know it's hard to imagine it's ever going to end. But uh, mm. I, I guess you start to kind of get into your kind of mid to late twenties and and uh, you know you can start to see that uh, yeah okay well, maybe this is going to come to an end one day. So so you know I, I guess. I guess you're in the moment for a, for a big big part of it, and uh, it's not really until later on that you start to kind of think, well, yeah, okay, um, you know, uh, do I need to start thinking about uh, what, what else I'm going to do within the game? And, and, and by that I mean, you know, am I going to stick around in New Zealand, or you know, am I going to head off overseas just to to um, you know uh, have an experience over there? So that's kind of, I guess, when those decisions start to get made. Mm. I want to focus a little bit on, on 1991 because we are in a World Cup year, as everyone knows, and um, you had your World Cup experience in 1991. And I guess there's a feeling from a lot of the guys who were part of that team that 
the preparation just wasn't quite there. The mindset from the All Blacks during that tournament wasn't quite there. Uh, we know what happened at Lansdowne Road in that semi-final. But what were your reflections or experiences of that Rugby World Cup still as a very young player in that team? Yeah, I, I guess if you know if '89 was was a uh, was a was a great year to be part of uh, that whole that whole environment. '91 uh, was was probably the the opposite in a lot of ways. Mm. Um, we'd gone to Argentina um, earlier on and and had a you know reasonably reasonably good um, ser- um, you know t- uh, tour over there. Came back and. Um, you know, we struggled a little bit with the Australia when we, we lost one of the tests over there. Yeah. I only just bet them in, uh, at Eden Park, and but it was just like you know, it was just just things were weren't gelling, things weren't clicking, and and um, you know, and then of course there was the the unrest just around um, the, the the coaching, and you know, they, uh, Hardy was brought in to, to coach alongside Grizz, and you know, we all knew that was going to be a bloody disaster. It was just never going to work, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but both fantastic coaches in their own right, but you know, um, as you know, as, as in you know, playing combinations, you think coaching is very different, you know. And um, and so, because we, we went off to that World Cup, and and it just yeah, it just um, it just wasn't right, mate. And, you know, I think pretend, you know, possibly um, you know there were a few that were starting to kind of come down the other side of the hill, and and uh, you know, a few players that went there with through injury, and, and it just the feeling just wasn't. Uh, wasn't what it should be, and uh, we paid the price at the end of the day. You know, I don't think we, at any stage during the tournament, we really kind of click. Um, you know, we we bet the English uh, in, the, in the first test and uh, in the you know in the first game, and, and a lot of the focus for the World Cup, I think, was kind of on that game. Yeah, and um, and, and then of course by the time we got to the to the Australians, you know, they had us pretty well sussed, and they were a good team. You know, and I don't think anyone. Can really take away from that either that the Australians really had their uh, had their game together that year, and um, and I think they were deserved winners in the end. Yeah, oh, they were a sensational side for sure. And, I, and it's funny you look back through that tournament for the All Blacks as well, and it's the nature of Rugby World Cups. You you can't help the draw, but you know England was that Test match that you'd focused on, as you mentioned. But then it was USA and Italy and Canada, all teams that you would have been favoured to put away by some distance. But they were closer games than everyone expected. Um, the Canadian game, the Italian game in particular, and I, yeah. I, I remember watching that tournament and thinking to myself, there there was a real struggle in that team. You could sense it that the effort was there but things just would not go to plan and the frustration seemed to grow yeah well that's right you know and um yeah i, I don't know we never really kind of settled on any particular you know looking back now on, on we, it was like we we're kind of struggling to just just to find you know find that spark or mm. you know find that game plan that was uh um, that you know that was going to kind of see it through, and but it's a funny thing, man, and it's it's really uh, you know you look at any of these World Cups, and I mean they they can turn on a dime, mm. and uh, yeah, yeah, even that one. I mean, like the the, the Aussies were lucky to uh, to uh, survive the um, quarterfinal against. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at Bluenile dot com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. 
Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. The Irish, I mean, like, you know, um, I think it was a Michael Liner score that try right right on the whistle, pretty much. I mean, they were gone. Mm. And, um, you know, uh, I think, too, the English, we was uh, Scotland, you know, um, Hastings missing the uh, penalty out in front, um, which would have put the the English away over, and I think it was Paris. And mm. so, look, you know, you just don't know. I mean, all these games, all these uh, <laughs> these results are just they just just hang in the balance. And, and yeah. I think, you know, we've obviously got it pretty right over the last couple of World Cups, but before, before then, I mean, mm. you know, these these tournaments, they just they can, they can be anyone's. They certainly can. So let me take you back again to before the All Blacks were a part of your life and, and club rugby was still a massive deal in Auckland. And the, the reason I ask that is because now you deal with club rugby in a very different sense poster. You deal with the big British clubs, the French clubs, the New Zealand franchises. But, you, I mean, you cut your teeth both at schoolboy level and first 15 in Auckland at Sacred and then, and then across to Ponsonby, which was a powerhouse club. Is there a part of you in some way that laments the demise of club rugby as uh, a community centre, as as the hub of a Saturday afternoon? Yeah, of course. I, you know, I, mean, I look back at, um, you, you know, what it provided uh, myself and my friends and, and just the fun, you know, just the, the, I guess there's just the fun element of, of it all. Um, you know, playing uh, well, go, go training on a Tuesday night, the Thursday night, a couple of beers after training, mm. and and uh, you know, down for a bit of footy, and then and then then you know, uh, hanging around the club, and the, you know, it might be a social that night, and all these kind of things, and they were a chocker, and mm. you know, you'd have Maris playing Ponsby, and the, you know, you'd have a big crowd, and so and that was a, it was a big part of the community, but um, I guess mate, you know, it's just like everything else, um, the game's evolved, and. Uh, you know, I, I kind of I feel sorry for the clubs. You know, I, I know that they're all struggling like how to stay afloat and and, and find their place. Um, and from you know, from that point of view, I, I guess you know, I'm sad for the for the the current guys um, that they, I guess, in a lot of cases, don't get to to really see any of that because mm. you know, a lot of them are pretty much going straight from um, straight from school straight into these academies and. In, you know, into reasonably professional environments um, straight off the bat. Yeah. So you know, it's it, but you know, it's just it's it's just the way it is. And uh, yeah. and of course, there's other benefits to being to being a rugby player or being a, a top rugby player these days that weren't there then. But certainly, that fun element, um, I think they're certainly missing out. Do you think it's important, though, that even in this professional environment, uh, which we find ourselves and all of us who have anything to do with our game can see that it's a business and, and we know that and we accept that as all professional sports are, do you, do you think it's still important for these guys to remember the fun, the joy of playing the game with their mates? Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, as much as they possibly can. I, 
you know, she's a, she's a, it's a, it's a, it's a grind if you're getting out of bed, um, going off the training, you know, and, um, and, and then making the sacrifices that you have to make, mm. um, you know, throughout the week or whatever, um, without, without trying to, um, remember that there's, there's, a, there should be a, a fun element to this. And I, look, I'm, I'm, you know, I think they, I think the guys do, um, you know, I, I certainly, um, you know, uh, I would be very happy being a professional rugby player in, in today's environment. Don't worry about that. And, uh, and but but yeah, I think it's. I, I think if you're going off thinking that you, you know you're going to a job and you're not enjoying it, well, you you probably got you're probably doing the wrong job. You know, mm. um, it shouldn't be because uh, the travel, um, you know, just the camaraderie with with a with a bunch of like-minded uh, guys and, and everything else that come with it. It's uh, it's not a bad job to be in. No, exactly right. It sounds good. We haven't even touched on the rugby league sojourn, mate. Did you enjoy playing rugby league as, as much as you played rugby or, or did you try not to ever compare the two? Um, well, it's a question I get asked like all the time and, and you know, I, I guess I, I kind of come across as I'm sitting on the fence but I'm not <laughs> really... I, I, I love my time in rugby league mm. and, um, and if, if I'm asked to compare the two... I. You know, it's just really difficult, and uh, you know, I, I guess my my best years were probably, you know, um, as a player when I was probably at my kind of physical peak and everything else were were actually, you know, when I was playing rugby league. Mm. Um, so look, it was great, mate. And I, you know, going to uh, England, I had four and a half years at Leeds, and that was fantastic. I got to do some pretty cool things, a couple of Challenge Cup finals at Wembley, and. You know, playing with some pretty pretty amazing players like you know your Ellery Hanleys and mm-hmm. Gary Schofields and you know all those kind of guys. But you know, um, I, I guess if I had one regret, my league career was probably that I didn't go to Australia a little bit earlier yeah. um, because I really loved it over there playing in there. Well, you know, the, um, it was the um, uh, NRL comp as yes. it is today, mm. and um, so I was at a I was part of a pretty special team at Manly, and uh, you know, we had a couple of you know we won the premiership in my first year, and we kind of bummed it in the second year. But it was just it was just great, mate, and, and just you know the uh, just the competitiveness of that competition, um, and you, you know the type of players that you were playing with was just fantastic. I really enjoyed it. It's a good experience. Yeah, I mean, it looks like a lot of fun, but yeah, you certainly take your hits in that sport. There's no hiding. Yeah, you do. <laughs> Yeah, you do. Yeah, you do. But it's funny. I mean, if you're talking to any of the rugby league players, I'll tell you, well, man, I wouldn't want to be on the bottom of any of those rocks. Well, that's right. Not at, not in your time anyway, Posty. There was a bit. No, that's right. There was a few straight boots at training. That was enough. <clears throat> yeah, exactly, exactly. So, yeah, I mean, I, I guess like anything, you, you, your body becomes kind of uh, adapt to what you're doing. And, um, you know, I mean, Certainly, being a centre in rugby league is a little bit different to being a prop in rugby league <laughs> yeah. when it comes to that collision. Exactly. But uh, and, and and certainly, mate, I, I look at rugby union these days and just the way that defensive lines are set and, and everything that goes in there. And uh, you know, there's there's certainly no no difference as far as the physicality that I can see. No, exactly right. And well, which brings us full circle, Posty, and, and back to Esportif and and what you do currently. And and I guess on a serious note. We know that New Zealand rugby's in, in, in generally in a rather invidious position here. It's a, a passionate rugby nation. It's number one rugby nation in the world by ranking. Uh, it still supplies so many of the best players and coaches. 
Uh, but ultimately, as I mentioned earlier, we're in a professional environment. So there must be a lot of soul searching for you guys in terms of understanding uh, your duty to New Zealand rugby, but also your overriding duty to, to the players you represent. How do you balance um, your respect for the New Zealand game with the job you have to do, the duty you have to do for your players? Yeah, it's it's a really good question, and it's something that obviously you know we need to be thinking about the whole time. Um, and, and I guess you know, or, I guess where I, I can really only take you through the, the the process as far as you know when a when a young guy, uh, or you know not so young, um, hopefully as far as rugby is decide to, to to make these decisions, and and you know really um, you know we we sit down with the guys. Um, at least uh, twice during the year for like a official reviews of where they're, where they're currently at. I mean, like, you know, we're obviously in contact with them the whole time, but to really kind of work out, you know, uh, where they're at at their current time, where they're, where they're wanting to go. And, of course, as, as they start to progress, you know, the overseas uh, question comes into, into, um, into the fray as well. And, and really, man, it's, it's, you know, we've always made it really really clear that um and I guess you know being able to speak from from um from my own um, experiences um I, I think it's really important that these guys um they they achieve or they achieve as, as much as they possibly can and are absolutely satisfied with what they've done in the country here before they decide to take that next step mm-hmm. so you know no one wants to be looking back you know, as a 40-year-old and going, well, you know, if I'd have stuck around and done this and I would have done it, you know, and I could have done that. So that's that's kind of paramount. I mean, it's they've got to feel comfortable that taking that next step is, you know, their the time is right. But even even it, even then, I mean, you know, it, I, I guess a lot of the time what we're having to to also balance with that is, um, you know, you come to a, you come to a point where, uh, you know, maybe that next step is just a little bit too far. Uh, as far as you know, uh, with you know, becoming an international player or or you know like a, a modern team player being able to kind of progress into Super Rugby, so 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 getting that that timing is kind of uh, vital as well mm-hmm. as far as a player's commercial value and um, you know, to, to the uh, to the international markets. So so just kind of balancing all these is, I guess, that's the act, you know. Yeah. And, and be able to get these guys to a place where they're comfortable that, um, yeah, that, that they want to move. They're ready to take the family off to, for a new experience. Um, and in some cases, you know, that could be also, um, you know, from a commercial point of view, uh, mean a whole lot more to them and their families as well. So yeah. it's just getting that right. You know, it's getting that right. And, um, you know, the last thing any of us in the office want to do is the um, all that team uh, weakened because of you know careless actions by by ourselves? It's just you know no one wants that. So trying to get their rights paramount. Yeah, and I guess, but that's the PR war as well, isn't it? Because we read these stories all the time, um, and I'm sure you've read headlines and, and columns and articles and and planted stories where you think to yourself, we're not the bad guys here. Is it, is it an antagonistic relationship or or do you try to manage that as much as you can? I mean, it's, uh, the relationship with New Zealand rugby front, I mean, for the majority of time it's good. But I mean, of course, 
you know, we're coming from different uh, we're coming from different uh, positions mm. as far as you know. Uh, ultimately, our, um, our our client is are our players. Mm. Um, you know, our our aim is to do you know what, what's 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 best for them, and 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 you know that might not always be. Um, you know, in in line with what New Zealand are thinking. I mean, yeah. obviously, you know, for New Zealand rugby, it's important that they have as many of the top players playing in the country as, as they can, and you know, and they fight to it tooth and nail to keep the guys here as they should. Mm. You know, so um, so look, I mean, there's there's going to be times where um, there's, there's there's crossover, and and uh, but you know, I think you know, New Zealand rugby is kind of at a point now where you know they understand. The, the environment and, and what these guys are having to the, the decisions that these guys are, these young guys are having to make mm. and um, ultimately it, you know it's um, when it comes to the commercial aspect well it's really hard for them to, to compete with you know some of these French offers or Japanese offers and they realize that and I think where we've probably got to get to is um, you know some flexibility in uh, allowing these guys to kind of you know, not in all cases, but but in certain cases, maybe go off and do what they're doing, and then come back if if we can, you know, if they can pull them back. Uh, and that, you know, we saw that with Matt Todd this year, and uh, you know, possibly I think we're probably going to see a little bit more of that type of uh, operating in wholesale. I'd be dead against. I, you know, I think it's a I think it's a good policy that New Zealand have that you know, if you're New Zealand base, you pick for the All Blacks. If you you know, you're off playing in Europe, or you know, you're kind of foregoing all that. Yep. And you know, I think, I think as long as they can hold on to that, I think it's really important because I think, you know, um, all that teams uh, are the, um, the the product of our rugby environment here in New Zealand. I've got no doubt about that. Not the other way around. Mm. And um, but it's just going to get harder and harder. So I think just having that flexibility is going to be important. Well, mate, I know you're going to be at the pointy end of uh, whatever happens in the coming year or two years, and uh, we wish you all the best, mate, but it's been great to chat to you, and uh, I know the, the challenges will continue both for New Zealand rugby and, and for our agents all around the world as we see the changes in this game. But, uh, Posty, thanks for joining us for In Conversation today, mate, and we'll catch up again during the year. Cheers, cheers mate. Thanks, mate. Okay. Craig Innes joining us on In Conversation, a series of podcasts as we wait for the return of the short ball on rugbypass.com.